Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here. It's Tuesday, September 20th. So glad you've joined us for Romans Rewind. We are in Romans 12, 3 through 8 this week. It's what we preached on this previous Sunday. And now we're taking a deep dive into the particular topic of spiritual gifts. And so Paul has given us an exhortation that we've all been apportioned gifts through the power of God's Holy Spirit, and we're to use those for the building up of the body of Christ. And um, we, we, we kind of delved into this discussion yesterday, beginning to touch on the gift of prophecy and teaching. And, and I want to go back to that discussion and sort of pick up the torch from there. Let me, first of all, read the, the verses that we're interested in this morning, and then let's dive in. Verse 6 of chapter 12 in Romans, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And one of the reasons we want to focus in initially on prophecy and teaching is that they are two of the more public gifts, two of the more uh, vocal gifts, if, if we can use that, ones that involve um, words and, and speaking. And because it seems that the New Testament gives a fair amount of emphasis to these two particular gifts. Now, let's go back to yesterday. We want to make a distinction between um, the, 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 the category of office or officer of the church and then gifts in the church. And um, so in other words, um, whether someone is a teacher in the church, okay, may or may not correspond to whether they have the gift of teaching. Hopefully they do have the gift of teaching, but, but what we mean to say is that, for example, we affirm that it is men who've been given the, to the office of elder and overseer, and part of their duty is, is prophesying, preaching, teaching, um, and that's an office. Well, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, not the offices of the church necessarily, although there's overlap. And what we want to be clear here is that this is written to the church in Rome, meaning that these gifts that Paul lists here, including prophecy and teaching, are open to everyone, both men and women. Okay, and so you say, well, where do I get that? Well, flip over. We're going to look at several verses. First Corinthians chapter eleven, verses three through four, and this deals with the issue of prophecy. And Paul says this. Um, Let's see. I'm sorry. I said, for, yes, we need to go to 1 Corinthians 11. I was in Romans 11. That's not going to do. 1 Corinthians 11. Ah, here we go. Verse 3. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaven. Now, we're not here to exegete that passage and what it means in terms of um, headship and those issues, although those are important. I, you simply quote this text to tell you clearly 
Paul recognizes both men and women in the church in Corinth were praying and prophesying. All right, flip now over to Titus chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. So there, again, we see this idea that both men and women um, in the church were prophesying, both men and women in the church were teaching. All right, so what do we mean by these terms, teaching and prophecy? And and we're going to go back again, and I'm going to tell you what I think they mean, and then we'll go back and look in the scriptures to, to sort of back this up. Teaching, what we mean by teaching, would be the articulation and defense of sound doctrine the ability to understand, to discern, to explain, to um, theological truth, to recognize and refute theological error. That's what we mean by teaching. By prophecy, what we mean is the authoritative application of teaching or the authoritative application of doctrine. There's obviously going to be overlap in those, but they are distinct and different. And l- l- let me l- let's go back and, and unpack these together. Let's start with teaching. Okay, so so go back to First Timothy three one through two, and I think Paul gives a good definition of teaching. Okay, First Timothy three one through two. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and here we are, able to teach, okay? So that's one of the central functions of the elder in the local church is that they are able to teach. What does that mean? Go back to Titus 1.9, okay? I think Paul, Paul again tells us here. He's again talking about eldership. He says, he, meaning the elder, must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he might be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. All right, so so this is when I talk about the articulation and defense of doctrine. Um, that, is, that is what we mean by teaching. Okay, it doesn't necessarily mean you are a gifted public speaker. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to preach or do uh, teach in a classroom, although you often do. What it means, though, is that you have a mind towards instructing people in the truth of God's word and the faith once for all delivered for the saints, and that gift is open to men and women. Now, we think the Bible is clear about the spheres that men and women are to use their gifts of teaching, but there is no question at all, okay, that both have been given that gift, and the elder is to be the teacher par excellence. He is to be the one in that group of men to shepherd and instruct the doctrine of the church. However, um, both men and women under that authority are teaching 
sound doctrine, whether it's in Bible studies or personal application or community groups or discipleship. So that's what we mean by teaching. What do we mean by prophecy? Okay. A lot of times we think of prophecy as foretelling, like the future. And oftentimes that is a function of the Old Testament prophet. I don't think that's the the the, the emphasis here. The idea is more foretelling, speaking the truth of God's word to specific situations in a prophetic or exhortive sort of way. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians and I'll tell you where we're getting this. Paul actually gives a really good definition of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people, here it is, for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation, right? So that's a good definition. Teaching involves the articulation, defense of, discernment of true doctrine. Prophecy is the authoritative, exhortive function of applying that doctrine to particular times and in particular situations, okay? Um, keep going to the end of verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 29 through 33. Verse 29, 1 Corinthians 14, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Now, what Paul is saying there is just because you have a word from the Lord or that you're speaking an exhortation to someone does not mean that you are inspired by the Holy Spirit in the same way the scripture writers were, okay? This is why Paul talks about discerning the prophets, discerning the spirits, testing them, doing everything in an orderly way. Um, as he says here, the spirit of the prophets are subject to prophets, meaning it's up to the leaders of the church, the teachers, to discern uh, words from the Lord. And if someone has a word from the Lord for someone to say, I think you should divorce your husband for no biblical reason, that would be a false prophecy. It would be a prophecy, but it would be a false one. Why? Because it goes against the word of God. And so for the New Testament prophets, okay, little p, and we're not, again, we're not talking about apostles, okay, for the, for the gift of prophecy, what we're talking about is the ability of people in the body of Christ to speak words of exhortation, encouragement, consolation to people in specific times and circumstances that are authoritative for their life, but under and subject to the word of God and to be discerned by the elders and teachers of the church. So what we could say is while you're teaching Teaching could involve prophecy, but not necessarily. So let, 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 me, let me give you an example. When we think about preaching on Sunday morning at Four Oaks, 
clearly there is a core component of teaching. We are unpacking the Word of God. We are teaching it. Uh, we're dissecting it. It involves preparation and study um, and knowledge on the part of the, of the one who is preaching. And so that, that's a huge component of what's happening there. But there will also be times of prophecy where the pastor, the preacher, is bringing that specific doctrine and word to bear upon the people of God in an authoritative, exhortive way. Always under the word of God, always consistent with it, always to be measured by the other elders. In other words, here is what the scripture says about the way to love one another. And now I have a specific exhortation um, to our men that they be loving their wives in this specific way, in this particular season. That's prophecy, which is the application of teaching. Okay. And so all that to say that we think these gifts, teaching and prophecy are open to all. Okay. They're going to be exercised differently um, in different spheres by men and women and by the elders in the church, all right? And, and they should be pursued in that way. And so prophecy can happen in a discipleship meeting. Prophecy can happen in a one-on-one, uh, -on -one, in a community group, in a sermon. Again, not prophecy, capital P, I'm an apostle speaking um, with a direct word from the Lord, um, illuminated, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that's, that's prophecy, capital P. We're talking prophecy, little p, um, which is available to all the members of, or available to the body of Christ. Now, one issue we're not going to fully tackle, we're not, we're not, not going to tackle it at all this morning, is what about prophets, capital P? or Evangelist, capital P, Teachers, capital T. Um, for example, in Acts 13, 1, it says, now, now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Siren, Mannion, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. It says, in the New Testament church, there were prophets and teachers, Okay. Are there prophets and teachers now? Yes, okay, but in a way that's different than prophets and teachers in the New Testament. Prophets and teachers were speaking, okay, on behalf of God through revelation received by God under sort of apostolic authority. We are teachers and prophets prophets, if you want to use those terms, little p, little t, under the authority of God's word. But the two offices of the church are elders and deacons, okay? And so so that's why I don't think it's a great idea to, to self-identify as a prophet, okay? Um, or self-identify um, as like Philip the evangelist. Although I think there's the evangelist little e, the prophet little p, the teacher little t, okay? Um, but don't function with the same level of divine inspiration and authority as those in the New Testament did with through the establishment of the church, okay? Oh, that's a lot, okay? 
But again, thinking about teaching and prophecy open to, open to both men and women, available to the body of Christ, exercised under the authority of God's word and leadership, teaching being the articulation and defense of doctrine, prophecy being the authoritative application of doctrine. All right, so that's, that's that for today. Now, we're going to come back around and continue to work our way through the rest of the gifts in Romans chapter 12. And we hope you're back for that. Lord, thanks for this time. And we um, submit all these things to you, as we always do, under the authority of your word. And so, Lord, we ask now that you would um, get, grant us grace in the application and exercising of our gifts in the local body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.